0: Hello there, my name is G2. I'm here to give you my review of Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank happened last night, and the first match on Money in the Bank was the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. It was Liv Morgan, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans, Raquel Rodriguez, and Shotzi. Uh, Liv Morgan would win the match when Becky and Liv were on ladders right beside one another, and they were fighting each other. Uh, Becky would try to kick Liv's ladder over so Liv could fall down, but Liv would catch herself when she would put her foot on the top rope as their ladder was falling and then bounce the ladder back to get into a stable position and then push Becky off of her ladder and Becky would fall. Liv would then climb up the ladder and then grab the briefcase, unhook it, and she would become Miss Money in the Bank. The crowd was so excited for Liv Morgan to win the briefcase because Liv Morgan for a lot of people was basically Dolph Ziggler and for people that don't understand that reference Dolph Ziggler is still a guy on the WWE roster but whenever he got to a certain point in 2012 people wanted him to become the guy because we've always seen him as a guy they should be in the main events picture he's has great matches on television he has a great look he was always in these matches that should be present himself to be in that picture and once he won the briefcase the whole crowd erupted for him in 2012 and that's exactly what happened last night with Liv Morgan when Liv Morgan won that briefcase the whole crowd erupted because she was the sentimental crowd favorite everybody wanted to see Liv become uh Miss Money in the Bank have that contract have that briefcase because normally whenever somebody has that briefcase it usually means they're going to be the next champion and um I can't say no more than that because Liv, it was it was destined and it was time for Liv to win that briefcase. She was the only person, in my personal opinion, that really needed the briefcase and that everybody wanted to see. I mean, people were cool with Alexa winning it because Alexa got the second biggest, like, cheer of the night for the women, but everybody was really rooting for Liv, so Liv got that. Um, Raquel Rodriguez, she played the muscle in this matchup. I mean, she... Uh, was the strongest competitor in this match. At one point, it was, I believe, Becky and... Was it Asuka? It was somebody else. Becky and somebody else tried to... I think it was Liv. Yeah. Becky and Liv, they tried to suplex Raquel, but they couldn't get Raquel up, so Raquel was able to double suplex them on a ladder. Uh, Raquel set up a ladder across the commentary table and the ring, so a spot could happen later, and the spot was basically Asuka being put on the ladder, and Becky would climb up a ladder and then jump off of it and, like, hit a leg drop on Asuka on the ladder, and Asuka was basically taken out after that point, but that was towards the end of the match. Um, Becky and Asuka also, by the way, they would constantly try to... uh, stop each other from grabbing the briefcase. That was the story between those two. Asuka and Becky, they clearly don't like each other. They clearly have a thing towards each other, and that continued on in the matchup. You just continued to see where the rivalry going. You constantly see that Becky and Asuka are going to continue this going into Monday Night Raw, and that helped in the match for me because I enjoyed seeing rivalries. I enjoy seeing stories continuing on in a match that consists of multiple players. And that this didn't disappoint. Shotzi Blackheart or Shotzi, she was the daredevil in this. Um there was one part in this match where um I believe it was either Liv or Alexa that she had on a ladder. And she would climb the top rope and she would jump off thinking she gonna hit a Senton on the on one of the competitors on the ladder. But the competitors would move and Shotzi's upper back would hit the ladder. And that, and I know that had hurt because that made a nice little thud in there too. And she would take some ladder shots as well in this match. I mean, all the ladies did well in this matchup. But the biggest thing to come out of this was basically Liv being the person to unhook and become Miss Money in the Bank as well as this was Becky's second time getting screwed out of the briefcase, being so close to grabbing it and being Miss Money in the Bank, and now she doesn't have that. Once she lost, you would see Becky outside the ring just yelling and just constantly kicking like the barricades, questioning, I constantly get screwed, why me, why me? So this is still continuing Becky's descent into madness, and this is basically still continuing her road to winning or trying to win back her Women's Championship. But again, Liv Morgan would win the Miss Money in the Bank uh, ladder match and she would become Miss Money in the Bank. After this, we will have the matchup of the United States Championship. Bobby Lashley going against the champion, Theory. Bobby Lashley would win the match by submission when Theory was going for the A-Town down and then Bobby would slip off the shoulders of Theory and then lock in the hurt lock, and Theory would tap out. So Bobby Lashley is your new United States champion. I did not see that happening. I thought, again, they were going to have some shenanigans. Theory was going to retain his United States championship, but that was not in the plans. Bobby Lashley dominated Theory in this, but Theory was able to give Bobby some shots off. More than I thought was going to happen. I thought that Bobby was going to dominate, as he did, but uh Theory was going to sneak handily uh, with some type of help from Vince McMahon or somebody from the back, since he is close with Vince, uh, send some help down to Theory's way, but that does not happen. It was nothing but a straight one-on-one competition between Theory and Lashley, and Lashley happened to win. Again, I'm happy that Lashley is a United States champion. I thought we were going to do something more with Theory with the United States title, but no. And, uh... I want to see where we go with this. I went on Twitter, and people were saying, hopefully, that we get Bobby Lashley going against uh, Gunther as Survivor Series. Just keep them having both of their respective titles. Gunther with the Intercontinental title, Theory. Not Theory, but Lashley with the United States Championship because Survivor Series is always supposed to be champion versus champion, uh, Raw versus SmackDown. So if we get that, I'll be happy. If that's the long game, I'm happy with that. Uh, After this, we get the Raw Women's Championship matchup. Bianca Belair going against Carmella. Bianca would win the match by pinfall when Bianca would kick out of a Carmella superkick and Carmella would start getting upset at this and Carmella would start trash-talking Bianca and then slap Bianca across the face. This would power up Bianca and then she would hit Carmella with a forearm to the face then put her on her shoulders for the KOD then pin her for the win. Solid match between Bianca and Carmella. I think this went exactly how everybody saw it going. Bianca winning, obviously. But again, this was another match that uh, somebody got a whole lot more offense than expected. I didn't expect Carmella to get as much offense on Bianca. I thought this was going to be a solid Bianca just beating up on Carmella's situation. Because I don't know what anybody else thought. But... I don't see the thing with Carmella. At least not right now. Right now is not Carmella's time. Carmella had her time with James Ellsworth with her... With him being like her dude that will always do the dirty work. That was kind of the thing for that. But right now, in this rendition of Carmella, it's not... It's not it. So, I just thought that we would get Bianca beating Carmella easy peasy done. But nah. So, um... They gave her some offense, but in the end, Bianca would win. And after the match, you will see Bianca celebrating on the second turnbuckle with her Raw Women's Championship. Carmella would pull her off the turnbuckle and start attacking her, leaving her laid out on the mat. And then Carmella would get out of the ring and start trash-talking Carmella some more. So this tells me we're not done with Carmella and Bianca anytime soon, at least not right now. Again, I think this might be going into them probably trying to get a match at SummerSlam. If not SummerSlam, somewhere close to Raw. And hopefully it's almost time for Bailey to come back to go against Bianca. Because I want to see Bailey go against Bianca. Because we were supposed to get that match last year at Money in the Bank. But we didn't get that. And I'm hoping that we do get the continuation of the feud with Bailey going against Bianca. That's at least... My hope for this. Lead uh, this feud leading into Bianca going against Bailey. After this, we had, in my personal opinion, the match of the night, and I think everybody that saw the event will say the exact same thing: the unified tag team title matchup of the Street Profits going against the Usos. The Usos would win the match by Pinfall when the Usos would hit Montez for with a double super kick, then hit him with the 1D for the win. However. After the match was done and the Usos were walking up the ramp and they were celebrating with their championships, we would get a replay. And on the replay, after we saw them hit the 1D and Jimmy Uso would cover Montez for the win in the pin, uh, you would see Jimmy Uso kind of grabbing Montez forward right shoulder off the mat. And in wrestling, both of your shoulders are supposed to be on the mat. But the referee doesn't see this, so uh when the replay shows you see Montez Ford being highly upset. Him and Angelo. You see Montez looking over that commentary. Ask why did they stop the match. They see it right there. It's on replay right there. My mat, my shoulder wasn't on the mat. Why did they stop? So you can see we're going to get another match. Between the Street Profits and the Usos. And personally everybody will say the exact same thing. Uh, they will be more than happy. Seeing the Usos going against the Street Profits again. Whenever you get the Street Profits and the Usos. And I think I've said this plenty of times. You're going to get a good match. The Usos going against a New Day or the Street Profits or even the Viking Raiders when they give them that opportunity to do it. They put on great matches. Street Profits going against the New Day and the Viking Raiders. They get a good match. When WWE wants to do tag team wrestling, they excel at it. I mean, it's literally top notch for what they do. Can it compete with... Uh, AEW tag team wrestling? No. Because AEW let their wrestlers just go out there and just go and do what they want to do in that ring. But for WWE purposes, they give them enough rope until they have to stop them and pull them back. and be like, ah, that's too dangerous. But last night, with the tag match of Street Profits and the Usos, you saw big man Angelo Dawkins uh, hit a Top Gun Hilo on the Usos and land on his feet. You saw Montez Ford hit a top cun Hilo, but basically running from one turnbuckle over the other turnbuckle onto both of the Usos. And you saw I mean just the Usos is slowly pounding away at the three profits during the matchup. And you saw even uh if you watch it on Peacock, you will have Pat McAfee on commentary hype up the Usos and you saw the Usos kind of enjoying Pat McAvee hyping them up, and even the fans chanted for Pat McAvee. So you got crowd participation from the USO side, and you got all these different combustible elements of what's supposed to make a match that good, the match that you want people to watch it. Again, you had it for this tag team matchup right here. Again, Street Profits and Usos, great combination when you put them together. Great tag teams when you put them together. And also on commentary, they were hyping up the fact of uh, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford not supposedly getting along with each other and the rumors about that and how the Street Profits squashed that on SmackDown. So again, as I said on the review uh, for SmackDown, I didn't care who won because you have interesting storyline plots. Either way you want to go with this, if the Usos were to lose or if they do lose in their rematch with the Street Profits, you're going to get Roman Reigns losing his mind and he's going to complain to the Usos saying that I have to be around here helping you guys and all this type of stuff and yada, yada, yada. That's one way we can go with it. Or, if the Street Profits lose, we can start seeing some dissension between Dawkins and Ford, the way that the commentary team is trying to build up this thing. I mean, again, I I'm going to watch this match again because personally, I enjoy that tag team matchup. I enjoy tag team wrestling. So, I'm going to watch this match again. Again, that was match of the night for me, and I believe for everybody else who, when they watch it's going to be your match tonight as well. After this, we had the SmackDown Women's Championship matchup. Natalya going against Ronda Rousey. Ronda would win the match by submission when Ronda and Natalya, towards the end of the match, they were trading submissions. You had Ronda uh, locking in Natalya with a sharpshooter but hitting the Shawn Michaels pose while doing it. You had Natalya... Uh, reversing out of it trying to lock in the sharpshooter then you had uh ronda grabbing natalia by the arm and trying to get an arm bar but then natalia will kick out of that and roll out of that and try to get her into another submission so you have a trade-off of submissions back and forth but in the end ronda will lock in the arm bar on natalia and natalia was standing up when she does this so you see ronda locking the arm bar but you see ronda's feet at natalia's throat and you see her feet with the cross on it so you got one foot behind Natalia's uh back of her head and then one on her front on the throat and you just see like the pressure applying that you see Rhonda's feet trying to add pressure to that so she's has the arm on it, Natalia and also a foot chokehold on her so Natalia eventually has to tap out so Ronda wins the match. It was a good match between the two. I like the finish, how they were going into it. Trading off submissions back and forth since they're both submission specialists, and that's basically what it was. Uh, seeing who was going to make who tap out. I enjoyed it. And also, during the beginning stages of the match, anytime Ronda tried to lock in some type of maneuver hold on Natalia, Natalia would be able to beat... Uh, Rhonda out of it because natalia was the one to help ronda get into wrestling uh shape get in the ring work in the ring know what you're supposed to do in the ring and all that type of stuff they played on that in commentary as well this was really teacher versus student and i enjoyed this matchup way more than i thought i was going to i knew they were going to be good but i didn't expect it to be what it was towards the end of the matchup so i give a lot of credit to these ladies and also after the match when Ronda was given her SmackDown championship. She's tired. She's beaten up, and we all see it on her face. You will hear Liv Morgan's music, and the crowd popped crazy for this. They start cheering. They start saying, "Oh my God!" And Liv Morgan would run down to the ring and hand off her Money in the Bank briefcase to the referee, and they would announce that Liv Morgan is cashing in her Money in the Bank. So now we got. Liv going against Ronda for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Liv would charge at Ronda, but Ronda would lock Liv into an ankle lock, and it would look like Liv was about to tap out, and I was saying, oh, my God, are we really about to do this? Don't, laugh, don't, don't, and thank God she did not. Liv would uh kick Ronda in her bad knee, and Ronda would buckle, and this would give Liv the opportunity to grab Ronda and Uh, get her in a roll-up pin to pin and beat Ronda Rousey to become your new SmackDown Women's Champion. Ronda, after the match, will hold the SmackDown Women's Championship and Liv would try to grab it from her and Ronda would just look at the belt, look at Liv, say a couple words to Liv, let go of it, hug her and then raise her arm up in victory. So, Ronda is cool with Liv being the SmackDown Women's Champion, beating her for it. So, I'm glad that Liv did cash in, I thought she was going to hold it in more, but hey, they wanted to give it to her, now I'm cool with that, and I am glad that she actually did retain, well, not retain, but she won the SmackDown Women's Championship, not uh lose the championship, lose the Money in the Bank uh, matchup to whoever, I was glad for that, because again, Liv Morgan is again another person that people like, it's another person that, um, a lot of people in the back like, the fans like. So when you see somebody that you genuinely like achieve something that has been a lifetime goal for them, you get happy for them. And I was happy, and the fans were happy. You had wrestlers on Twitter uh, congratulating her. You had fans congratulating her. I mean, when people look back at Liv Morgan's career, you look back at Liv coming into WWE on the main roster. She was part of the Riot Squad. It was her. Ruby Soho, and uh, Sarah Logan. In that group, you would probably say Ruby Riot or Ruby Soho was going to be the first women's champion in that group. You knew Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan were basically like the underlings for Ruby, but that doesn't happen. Liv Morgan is the only person that stayed in WWE, Ruby and Sarah got released, and Even in AEW, Ruby still has not won a championship. Liv Morgan, out of all three, the first person of the Riot Squad to become a women's world champion in either promotion. So, Liv doing that, I don't think nobody had that on their bingo card when you look back at, what, 2017? 2017, 2018, when they came up on the main roster. I don't think nobody had that on their card. I didn't. I thought it was going to be Ruby, but... It's live. So again, to see that, and you saw on tweets of Ruby even tweeting out to Livs, uh, congratulations and all that type of stuff, saying that she's so happy. It was a real heartfelt, smiling moment when you saw that type of tweet. You see the gratitude and see the appreciation that a certain person's getting. So again, Liv Morgan is now your new SmackDown Women's Champion. She did not hold on to that briefcase anytime, uh, anytime any longer. So. WWE made the right decision on pulling the trigger, at least right here. And then we get to our main event, the men's Money in the Bank contract. We have Sheamus, Omas, Riddle, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Madcap, and then Adam Pearce would come out. Adam Pearce would come out before the referee would ring the bell, and he would say that we have one more participant to add into the matchup, and it's Theory. Theory would get added into the matchup and the commentary team would say, oh my God, this is Miss McMahon doing right here. And in the end, Theory would be the one to walk out with the Money in the Bank contract. He would win the match. When Riddle and Seth Rollins were all on top, were, again, same thing like Becky and Liv. They were on separate ladders. They're fighting each other. And Riddle would hit Seth with an RKO off the ladder. And you will see Riddle start climbing up the ladder. And I thought, okay, Riddle's going to win the briefcase. But nope. Theory would climb up the ladder, start punching uh, Riddle. Those two have an exchange of hands. But Theory would eventually push Riddle off the ladder and then unclip the briefcase. And he is now your new Mr. Money in the Bank. Um, There's a couple highlights from this matchup for me personally. Uh, Omos being the guy because he's seven foot three and he was the most dominant guy in the matchup because you had all these guys, you had everybody in the matchup trying to take him out. There was two spots in particular, one spot, whenever Omos was outside of the ring, you had all the participants teaming up to grab ladders and beat up with Omos with the ladders. And then once Omos is down, he grabbed the ladders to start just putting it on top of Omos. So, Omos is basically buried under 10 to 15 ladders. Another spot later in the night, well, later in the match, you will see all the competitors outside of the ring. Yes, again, outside of the ring with Omos. And they clear off the commentary table. And you have Seth, Riddle, uh, Sami Zayn, Madcap, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus all lift up Omos and basically powerbomb him on the commentary team uh, table and this would take out omas so omas was laid out the rest of the time uh, Sami Zayn he played a weasel in this he played a smart thing he tried to make sure he didn't get beat up and brutalized but he would end up taking some type of uh, painful moves in this he got power bombed on a ladder uh, he got kicked off of a ladder he got beat up I mean everybody got beat up obviously but Sammy plays Martinez, but to me, again, what everybody's going to be talking about in the end is basically Theory winning and being Mr. Money in the Bank. And people were saying it was a good pay-per-view until the end. Here's my thing to everybody to understand. Theory winning the Money in the Bank briefcase is reminiscent of 2014 when Seth Rollins won the Money in the Bank. Seth Rollins just turned on the shield. He's Align himself with the authority. The authority, if for people that don't know about WWE or know about wrestling of 2014, or don't remember, was the authority was Triple H, Stephanie, Kane, uh, Randy Orton at the time, um, Jamie Noble. I mean, some other guys that Triple H basically had underneath his thumb. Meaning, meaning that if you were with the authority, you were going to be in the top spots. Seth Rollins is in that group now. Seth Rollins had help from Kane, Jamie Noble, and uh, Joey Mercury. There it is. Because those two became Seth Rollins' guys after he won the Money in the Bank contract. Seth would end up using their help to win the Money in the Bank. Briefcase in 2014. So, now with 2022 right here, Theory, him aligning himself with Vince McMahon, you now have Theory being the guy just like Seth was the guy in 2014. Theory is a newer, modern-day version of Seth Rollins, just without the authority always being present on your screen. You have Vince McMahon basically pulling strings behind the scenes and then have a Theory being put in these matches. And that's what's happened here. Theory got in this match because of Vince McMahon, a.k.a. just like Seth got into his thing in 2014 and won the money bank because of who he was aligned with, upper management. So Theory, winning the briefcase, it makes all sense for storyline purposes because he's with upper management. He's with the boss, and the boss wants his chosen guy, his uh, ace, to be the next person to hold on and win their biggest prize, the Undisputed World Championship. And apparently it seems like they're really angling for the Money in the Bank winner to cash in on Brock and Roman at SummerSlam. Because before the matchup even began, they played a video package of Roman and Brock at SummerSlam going head to toe, to toe for the Undisputed Championship in the last man standing matchup. So they're really, really trying to make the fans understand that, yo, you need to be at SummerSlam because you're going to witness a cash in. That's going to happen. I don't know for sure. I think that might be a tease around because we've still got four more weeks until this. Uh, situation happens, and we can do a lot in four weeks. WWE especially can do a lot. They can be like, "Mm, nah, we have our change of mind. We're gonna say psych to the people in uh, Tennessee that go to the SummerSlam event. I mean, they have a whole lot of leeway for four weeks now. So what I can say to you is this. For these next upcoming episodes of Raw SmackDown, I have a feeling we're gonna get Roman on there, because obviously you gotta build up the show. Brock's gonna probably be on SmackDown, because he's Gonna probably just be obligated to show up there for that. Um, you're gonna have Theory popping up to antagonize uh, Paul Heyman and even antagonize Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is gonna brush off Theory. That's how I'm gonna see that gonna be working out. And then we're gonna get the match between Roman and Brock, and there's always gonna be fluttering in people's mind will Theory uh, show up and will he do something? That's gonna be the whole thing leading up into SummerSlam. But Theory is your Money in the Bank winner. And the next couple of episodes of Monday Night Raw, man, it was going to be interesting. SummerSlam is going to be interesting. I suggest, if you haven't seen the pay-per-view, Money in the Bank, I would suggest you, uh, you can watch it, but I really, really suggest you watching the tag title match, the Prophets and the Usos going against each other. Because if you like tag team wrestling, trust me, you're really going to like that one. Because again, when WWE does tag team wrestling, they just allow the tag teams to do it they excel at it to another degree. So, uh, Money in the Bank, nice pay-per-view. I got the men's Money in the Bank wrong. I got the women's Money in the Bank right. The United States Championship match wrong. The women's Championship right. The undisputed tag title match right. The SmackDown Championship right. So, all together, technically, I only got two matches wrong, four matches right, so I don't think that's a wrong outlook to be having on here. Again, I even with the review, I did say whenever it came out of the Street Profits and Usos, I didn't care who won. I still picked the Usos, but I didn't care who won because I knew we were going to get a good tag team matchup out of it, and I was not uh, disappointed in that. So again, uh, that's your Money in the Bank review for me. Good pay-per-view, good premium live event. That's the way they want to call it now. Uh, If you need to watch it, just watch the tag team title matchup watch the money in the bank matches and uh you'll be, be satisfied and that is your money in the bank review for me if you haven't listened to my sunday episode i would really appreciate it if you did it's called madness i get into the topics of what happened this week some of the topics you do know about some of the topics you probably haven't heard about so it's a nice listen to if you want to just know about the news and also if you could please subscribe to the podcast whether it be on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, podbeam uh spotify amazon music all these other uh, places that i have on my link tree link uh it would greatly be appreciated also if you can leave me a review that would be great whether you like it don't like it hey man you could leave me a review because this would help out uh the algorithms to let people know the podcast exists and it will allow people to uh listen to it and help me out in the future when it comes down to sponsorships and everything else but with that i hope you guys have a great 4th of july weekend today will be a sunday and also tomorrow monday hope you have a great 4th of july i will be back with you guys saturday for the wrestling Highlights of the week and my sunday episode next sunday but until then i love you all have a great uh sunday and kanye can you please take these people home i'm tired you tired uh-huh. jesus wept